everyone. Welcome or welcome back to Creating a Village. I'm your host, Millie, here to help nurture the village within you. And today we have a very special guest on today, Miss Candice Butcher. If you could please introduce yourself to the public. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much, Millie, for inviting me to your audience, to your space, to creating a village. I definitely believe in the concept of having a village, even as an adult. I think we need people even more. And I'm going to talk about that probably a little bit more later. We're going to talk about needing mentors and needing coaches. So my name is Candace Whitaker. I am the CEO of Alpha and Omega Consulting, where we do training, event planning, and coaching everything related to get your life and career together. Um, you can check me out, our website, it's Alpha and Omega Consulting Inc.com. Um, and I also am the host of Bail Yourself Out podcast, which is a happy hour style podcast where we talk all things business and careers for the seasoned diaspora. Oh, period. That sounds like a good time. Go check out her podcast. Go check out her website. Yes, yes. Okay, so. I think this is going to be a really great conversation because in general, I'm still at that age of finding out what in the world I, what, even the direction of potentially where I'm going in life. And so I think that this is going to be a good conversation. This episode will be the very first episode um, that we have people live, like an audience member come in live. So they have the opportunity to ask questions. Um, so if you're hearing this episode, go to our Instagram and be on the lookout for when you could be in the audience. <laughs> um, but they won't be coming in until 4.45. So right now we can just start talking a little bit. Um, so I, my first question about kind of career in general is how did you find your career? Like how did you find that you wanted to do consulting and many of the other things that you do because I know you are oh well she'll be right back <laughs> what happened I don't know you were like I'm still at the age where oh that's so interesting <laughs> that's what I could see you still moving and stuff <laughs> I was like yeah no you froze so we could probably do that part again yes Yes, words that I said. <laughs> oh. You said, I'm still at the age where, and then that's where yes. I cut out. I didn't know what you were going to um, say. I'm still at the age where I'm trying to figure out, like, what direction I'm going in life. It's, there's so much that goes into it. And something I've been constantly hearing from people is that it's all about knowing who you are and then sitting down and really thinking about what you want out of life. But I still feel like that's so broad and that just leaves too much to think about, honestly. So my first question to you, though, was um, how did you get to being a career coach? How did you get in this realm? Was it a straight shot for you? Did you have to do a bunch of things? How did Candace Whitaker get here? That's a great question. I like to write down what you're saying because as you talk, my mind is like, pow, 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 and I want to make sure that I'm addressing all of the questions. So I will respond in this way. 
you know, I am a person who's a first generation college grad. I grew up in the suburbs, but it was very hood adjacent, if you know what that means. And I also, you know, went to K through 12 in a regular public school with the idea that you would graduate and you would get a job, you know, especially my generation, I'm a little bit older, you would do your 20 years, 25 years, you'll get your gold watch and you'll retire, right? And that's it. I think since I'm an older millennial, it was really my generation that really kind of started the concept of moving around from job to job. I think the generations after us, you guys have mastered it because you guys are more in touch with what doing things that align with what you like. And that's a good thing, right? And so I think personally, the idea of having it all figured out when you go to college, that's a notion prior to our generations. That doesn't even make sense anymore. And I think as we learn more, you need to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to take from the prior generations what makes sense for me. And then what doesn't, we can just do something else. So about my path, my path is very similar to yours. I created my podcast, Bail Yourself Out Candace, to talk, I'm sorry, Bail Yourself Out rather, to talk to 25-year-old Candace. Because there was so much that I learned being in corporate and navigating this thing called my career. And I wanted to be able to help that young person who's like me to be like, yo, this is the real deal. So here I am a couple of years your senior and I can still say to you, I still don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. I know what I like to do and I know how to make money doing it. Right. Yes. And they. So how did I become a career coach? Well, I've had a very interesting path with a bunch of different experiences. You know, I went to college as an undergrad music major. That didn't work for me. I changed my major three times. I was an economics major and then I was a business major. This is all in undergrad. And then what happened was they said, you got enough credits to graduate in my third year. So I was like, bet, right? I'm a graduate. And uh, I said, okay, well then what's my major? And they were like, they was like, you could graduate with liberal studies. And I was like, boom, that's what's going to be my major. So I graduated in three years with a liberal studies degree. And so now I thought that would be better, right? Oh, great. I could get a job. I still didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I still didn't. Um, I did a bunch of different things. I got a job as a music teacher. I was teaching pre-K. Um, then I said, you know, everything I want to do is very entrepreneurial. I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I should go to business school. So I did. I was teaching full-time as a teacher, music teacher during the day. I got my MBA at night. Got my MBA. Still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I'm saying that to say what I've learned and I could, I could go. We're only at now 20 years ago, right? <laughs> I could keep going of how my path, I just paid attention to what I liked, went in that direction and just went one more step. And so for everybody listening, if you don't know what you want to do exactly, that's okay. My best advice is to just keep doing things that you like 
and you will walk in the right no. direction of your path. Appreciate that because I feel like that's exactly what I'm doing. But you know, people in your life, well, and also the world in general, they're like, you need to pay bills. You need to do this thing. So it constantly feels like I'm supposed to have something in place, like something going for myself. And I feel like I have things going for myself, but in the way, like the viewpoint of the world is like, oh, you're still, you know, trying different things because I'll be honest, I'm the one in the friend group that's like, oh, I'm about to go do this. Like just this year alone, like at the beginning of the year, I started in voiceover and I can fully see myself doing that. Like once I'm more established um, and like something solidified, but then I did podcasting, which I am still doing now. So I feel like this is the one that's sticking, but I've done like so many different things like, oh, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this. But I think that's, I think that's just the way it is. You really have to get your feet wet because even visually or just like seeing something in action is different from actually doing it yourself. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you sound like me when I was your age. I did a lot of different things and there's nothing wrong with that. I think the thing that I think the thing that is most important for me, you know, if you don't mind giving, you know, older sister, cousin advice here is you got to understand that there's going to be a large amount of people when you're really talented and really mm. smart who don't understand you. And you have to get used to that. You know, I believe in God and I believe that God gave me a vision yeah. for my life and a, and a purpose. Right. It took me 20 years to get to this. I had to go through all of those experiences to be able to coach young people to go along the path that I did, right? At the time, I sounded like you. Oh, well, I'm doing this. I had a DJ business and I sing and I also work full time and I have all of these things. And when I explained that to people, they thought I was crazy. But I will say to you, the creator has implanted a vision in your heart for you to fulfill, not for them to understand. Wow. Now that, that resonates so much. Wow. I really like that. The creator has planted a vision in my heart for you to see, not for them to understand. Wow. That's amazing. I'm going to clip that. <laughs> but... Okay, so, great. <laughs> how I would say when you do career coaching, taken from that it's good to experience things, how do you kind of start the what does the conversation sound like when someone comes to you in need of direction or help? Do you want to overview Let's or do, do you want to do it? Yes. We can do either. <laughs> okay. My name Tell is me about yourself. Logan. I am twenty three years old. I enjoy volunteering. Um, I do that a lot, actually. My dad gets on me often because people ask me to do something like, yes, because I, I like helping people. Um, and through volunteering, I've found that I really have, a, I guess, a knack for helping plan events or more so not plan them, but execute them. Um, putting things in place. I am currently uh, volunteering um, as a social media manager and I'm really enjoying that. I like the freedom that it provides in the sense that I have a goal or 
um, an assignment and I know how to execute it and put things out and I don't have to be at the computer or my phone to do the things. Um, I've, I've learned that I like meeting new people, but the idea of meeting people is stressful, but I like it in the moment. It's like, oh, I met this great person and we had a great conversation. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like laughter a lot. I really enjoy laughing and having fun, heartfelt moments with people. Okay. And I have siblings. Oh, what I hate. Tell me about what you hate. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to have siblings. What I was just going to keep talking. <laughs> um, what I hate. I strongly dislike disrespectful people. Uh, <laughs> I think that's just a really, I think manners are really important. Respect is really important. Um, I strongly dislike, I strongly dislike editing videos. Mm strongly strongly dislike it i can do it but i do not like to do it i also do not like administrative tasks um <laughs> like managing things and i like organizing but i can't seem to grasp the concept of organizing i know it's really confusing like i can put things in folders and make them organized, but then I think I make it too convoluted and then nothing is organized. I don't know if that makes sense, but yes. So in our mini coaching session, um, how can I help you? I think I, I where do you want clarity? I feel like I want clarity on who I am as a person, but I don't think you could tell me that exactly. <sighs> yes, um, maybe, okay, I want clarity on how I can best serve people? Well, from the vantage point as a business career coach, I pulled a couple of things from what you said. The question mm -hmm. is that you have to ask yourself, how do you wanna make money? How important is job security? Because it's like saying, you know, you live in Atlanta, right? I live in Washington, D.C. That question is like saying, how do you get to Washington, D.C. from Atlanta? Well, you want to take 95? You could take 95 straight down or you could take 95 to 85, like how you want to do it. There's a couple of ways to do it and there's not one right path. I can tell you the couple of things that I thought about. And you tell me what it's hitting for, what that sounds like for you. One of the things that you said is I like volunteering. Okay, well, there are ways to do things that seem volunteer-ish and make money. For example, working for the Red Cross, other not-for-profits, the UN. I don't know how you feel about Planned Parenthood. But there are lots of organizations down in Atlanta. We have the CDC that do a lot of great things for people in a humanitarian way where you could actually make money doing that. And then you have some transferable skills. If I were you, I would put my volunteer work on my resume because in fact, that is experience, right? 
you mentioned event planning. Well, you could do event planning in the space of not-for-profits and maybe plan events or fundraisers or those sorts of things. But then there are also very big logistical needs. You know, whenever something happens in the United States, the Red Cross is on the ground. And then what do they do? They need a plan. Where are we going to be? How many beds? Are there going to be ambulances? And I don't do that kind of planning, but this is off the top of my head of the things that would need to be done. So there's opportunity there as well. I mean, if you choose to go the route of Planned Parenthood, you know, they have this big initiative now since Roe Ro versus Wade was um, shut down a couple of months ago to get out awareness of what women can do in different states. I have some friends that work there, so that's why it's top of mind. But that's another way to be able to meaningfully contribute to human humanity. But I also make that paper, girl. Let's not forget that we need to eat, too. That part. Social media is another venue that you can in which you can make money. You know, you can do the same thing. Go after not for profits. Say you're going to manage their social media. But I can tell you right now, most of those places don't have that big of a budget. If that is your thing, I would freelance that. So then they could hire you hourly. But there's a job security thing. I don't know how risk averse you are. And also two things can be true. You could have a job and you could also side hustle as social media manager or whatever, Upwork, Fiverr, all of that. So that's a thing too. So in doing all those things that I mentioned, that's going to bring in the meeting new people and stuff like yes. that. Laughter, I don't know. It depends on who's there when you get there. But, you know, you have friends. I like all those things. <laughs> I like the idea of all those things. I would definitely have to do more research. But, okay, I see how that works. Like, really breaking that down. Especially how you're tying that in. Like, yes, this leads to this. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, but from that, I just gathered when searching for a career or even searching for the direction you can go, it's best to um, know what you like and what you dislike or what you strongly don't want to do and things like that. Because I do think um, when we start looking for directions, sometimes we get lost in the what we don't like and we're just like oh this is an opportunity so I'm gonna take it because I do think sometimes you can not waste time I think every every moment is valuable but sometimes you could skip ahead of a few things when you know okay this is not what I want to do at all I think one of the benefits of your generation is that you guys are much more attuned to that holistically than we are um Shout out to the Gen Xers and the elder millennials like me, where we were accustomed to doing things by rote, I think a little bit more. So it was a little bit harder for us to kind of question authority and be like, yo, what do I really like? What do I really want? Um, the reason my podcast is named Bail Yourself Out is because, you know, as a coach, as a speaker, I go out and I teach people how to be resilient, right? And so bail is an acronym that are the steps for enacting resilience in your life. And the I in the bail is inventory. And part of that inventory is not only an inventory of your skills 
and your strengths, but the skills and the strengths of people who are in your network. Because just because you don't have something, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean yes, you can't leverage that's exactly from somebody, the point something, the something too. from someone you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Exactly. Okay. So, that's why um, I brought it up. I do want to so let you know our, some of our audience members are here. Hello, audience. Hi. If you all have any questions um, specifically about a career path hey, that you audience. want um, or like direction that you need or in general, feel free to drop it in the chat. Hi, Haley and Serena. Nice for you to be here. Thank you so much for coming. Um, also, there should be a call in button somewhere if you're on a laptop. So if you want to call in to have your voice on, you can do that as well. Oh, yeah. Someone was saying they couldn't hear or see. No, 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 no. Oh, one of the audience members. I'm going to tell them to Me? be fresh. But yes. Oh. Okay, awesome. So let's continue <laughs> the conversation. Um, do you have any, I guess, do you have any advice when it comes to kind of, I don't know, I guess discovering yourself? And the path you want to go on. Because I feel like that might just be try new things. But, you know. Mm. It's not just try new things, right? Mm. I think it is try new things and pay attention to how they make you feel. So if something gives you energy, that's something you like to do. That's something you should be doing. That's something that should be part of your path. But If something drains you Mm -hmm. and the very thought of it stresses you out, then okay, I don't want to do these activities. So you want to be very mindful of how not only Mm -hmm. the activities, but the places and spaces in which you do those activities make you feel. I don't even think I would have thought about, because you could be doing something you enjoy, but the environment in which you're doing it could be like detrimental to you. You know, we really just started talking about toxic work work environments, but that junk Mm -hmm. is a thing because unfortunately some people are toxic and guess what? They have jobs. That's a thing. And one of the things that I learned very early on in my career that I'm super grateful for, my mentor told me the hardest thing to change in an organization, any organization is the culture. So if it's the culture that, that needs changing, that it's is, easier just to change yeah. yourself. Like, you know what? Now nah, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I had an environment that I worked in very early on in my career. I was about 25 and, you know, everybody was super proud of me. I was working at an Ivy League school and it was like my grandmothers were telling their friends and whatnot. And I was stressed out. I hated it. Everybody was so mean. It was terrible, but I was trying to make myself fit. I was trying to make myself be in this environment and it made me miserable. It made me sad. Mm. Um, And it wasn't until like literally doctor's appointments. My doctor was like, yo, this place is stressing you out. You need a new job. It was stress because there's nothing wrong with you, baby. There's (laughs) nothing wrong. You need a new job. 
And then when I put in my notice, people were like, why are you leaving? I'm like, are you <laughs> not, serious? It's not, yeah, you're right. No, I Like I literally feel that. said that. And they were like, yeah, you're right. So I was like, why are you even asking me that? Wow. You already know the answer. <laughs> like, bro, what? I'm going to be so honest. I don't have any more questions. Well, like, I don't. Yes. Feel free to talk. Listen, I can talk. So one of the things. I will tell you this. One of the things that I think will help you pick an environment that's for you is that you've got to understand that when you are interviewing for a position as a young person, because I'm mm. talking to your audience, 18 to 25 year olds, right? You're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Yeah. And I think we get it in dating culture. Mm. Right. Because they say nobody wants to be a pick me. But, bro, you do not want to be a pick me at work either. That will be to your detriment. Not on arrogant. Don't be arrogant. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is understand yeah. what works for you and look for places that fit that. Yes. Not just any old job that will take you be willing to go, which by definition is a pick me. And I have an example of that. Actually, I. um. Unfortunately, during COVID, like a bunch of people, I got laid off. So it was like, whatever. That whole summer was very freaking stressful for me because mm -hmm. I was laid off, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight being 2020, I probably should have just chilled. I got a job in like six weeks. I could have really just took the summer off and chilled, but I was stressed out. <laughs> and one particular company, I was really excited about a potential mm -hmm. opportunity with this organization. But they literally emailed me oh, like before. late in the day on a Friday, on a Thursday, wanting a Friday afternoon meeting. <laughs> and like, I totally missed the email. So they called me because it's the summertime and it was Friday. Like, yeah. who is talking to anybody at three o'clock on Friday on summer? Like, no, no, we ain't working. Like, hello. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> And they were like, I literally was driving on 95 and I was like, oh, crap, let me pull to the side of the road and talk to them. And they were like all attitude and all. I was like, you know what? No, no. Yeah. No, this is not going to work because you know oh, what? When I work here, this is how y'all going to act and I'm not going to like it. Mm. We're not doing this. Didn't even no, wow. we're not doing this. The correlation. Because just like dating, this is their best behavior up front. Right. Like one of my girlfriends, I'm, I'm happily single. Right. One of my girlfriends literally just said to me, you know, oh, people bring their representative or something. And I was like, well, I mean, I see why people say that, but I feel like it's a little bit more cynical than I generally tend to be. <laughs> my that opinion makes sense. of that First is you should have enough sense to put on your best behavior when you meet somebody new. Yeah. I mean, you don't have enough sense. So there's that. I would say make sure that when you are interviewing for a position and you're going through that whole process that you are good with how that's going because understand that that is their best behavior. In addition to that, this is something I've kind of struggled with for years. There's a book, if you haven't read it, I suggest everybody read it. It's called I'm Not Yelling. I didn't write it and I'm not getting any money for it, but I think it's great. This black lady, her name is Elizabeth Liba. And she's my generation, yes, but, right? A little bit yeah, older. Say, maybe for and in the, the book, she talks about how basically her whole life she was code switching. Y'all know what code switching is, right? You know how it, a younger generation. Okay. So in my generation, 
Okay. We were basically taught how to be when you're at work with white people. I'm serious. You sh- I mean, like I have my press and curl right here, right here. I have my hair natural, but you do your press for the interview. Yes. Now you can come natural later, pull out your fro later, <laughs> but you go to the interview with your yeah. press, put on your good wig. Okay. Small earrings, no hoops. Mm. No, for real. There's like a yes. whole set of rules. <laughs> and then you wonder why we're there for six months and then we're depressed because I'm not being myself. Oh my goodness. I like hoops. But like the other thing of it is, why is it that we are expected to be something other than exactly who we are? I mean, down to changing your voice and talking in a sing-song voice as to not be assumed that you're yelling, you know, that's a good white voice right here at work. No, yeah. like, no, no. No one else is expected to be a full-on method actor when they go to work. Why should I be? So to code switch or not to code switch, that is the question. To be 100% honest, yes. I struggle with code switching, right? And I'm going to tell you why. Because there's part of me that feels like fight the power, like I just said. But then the other part of me is like, oh wow, realistically, my generation, anybody born after 1965, we were the first generation born with our rights intact in this country, period. Yeah. So our grandparents, they didn't have the rules and the laws in place to not just get them fired for some random white girl crying at work. Because you know they do that. We are really the first generation to show up in those spaces of the C-suite of management. So in order to get there, in order to navigate those spaces, there's already set of rules of engagement. When in Rome, do like the Romans. So I can definitely see both sides and probably up until the last several months, a lot of my coaching for younger people, I coached a young lady. Let me put it to you Mm -hmm. this way. About six months ago, I was coaching a young lady slightly older than you who had a job, but she wanted to transition more into a career. And I said, you know, looking at your resume, I helped her with a resume. Mm-hmm. You would be phenomenal working at a top yeah. four consulting company. I have a, oh, but you got to look sorry. the part. You got to look like you're part of it. And let question. me show you how. What is the difference and between that all looked like a code job switching. and a career? I said, you want to work? Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. That is a great question. So a job to me is something that you do to make money provision if i had to put it in one word i'm just doing this to make money right now i don't know what i want to do i'm still figuring it out or maybe i'm in college or i'm just doing this for right now that's the job okay a career now that makes sense like with employment with potential that's the difference uh what else is there potential for (laughs) To me, anyway. Yeah, that's a great question. So mm-hmm. potential is relative as hell. But to me, potential is mm-hmm. growth opportunity, meaning you could move up in the company or they'll pay for education or training or something so you can move out. That's okay. also potential. Potential also <laughs> looks like Goodness. if I get this name on my resume, It'll help me 
Because I mean, at the end of the day, Americans are name horse. We are. Yes. Even when it comes down to jobs, we are. You know how many jobs I've gotten based off of the other places I've worked? They were like, oh, so you got to play the game, man. But if you choose not to play the game, that's also a choice. And I'm not hating. Rock on. It's going to be a bit of a harder road to toe. You've been told. Life is hard. You get to pick your heart. Yeah. No, you do definitely get to decide how hard your life is, which is why you need this podcast. (laughs) It's true, though. That part, that part. And I am very grateful to be part of different people's villages in helping them navigate this because there isn't one Mm -hmm. right answer. And I think that's the biggest misnomer of it all. Yeah, we'd yeah. all been trained. We'd all been socialized throughout school that you're going to yeah. pick your career and yeah, I, when I you graduate, you're going to do this. Like, and like every day, how kind nobody of does the that, bro. Really is, and don't feel like a weirdo because you don't. Because we come across so many people. They're like, I don't know. I'm just I'm here. I have a job. This is for provision. I'm just trying to make ends meet while maybe finding something else. So, yeah. I'm ready. So I'm about to blow your mind. I'm in the process of editing season two of my podcast. And in season two, I'm interviewing Sean Woodley, Dr. Sean Woodley, who is an education researcher. He's also out of Atlanta. And one of the things that he said to me that ruined my life, but it made a lot of sense, but it ruined my life, but it made a lot of sense. In that interview, Mm -hmm. when it's released, after December 2023 y'all could listen to it he said the American education system was not designed for all of us to succeed but then he went on further to say yes not only was it not designed for all of us to succeed it was designed for us to have the basic education to work in factory jobs that's the real question well ain't no manufacturing here anymore so why the hell are we still doing that? <laughs> yes, they outsource everything. So then they wonder why everybody's lost and confused and what the hell are we supposed to do? Okay, we don't make nothing here for real no more. <laughs> so now what? Yeah. We haven't changed the model of our education I think system. They're just trying to keep us. They don't want us to grow. They don't want. They don't so want. So it's more not your fault. Millionaires is my Millionaires. Point. They don't want us to have. And which I think is very interesting because I know like in some of the statistics of like businesses, like creating businesses that majority of them fail within like their first year. And you think with capitalism, they want us to make more um, jobs and just to keep the economy growing. But really, well, I will say colleges and schools are starting to get some business programs in there, but they sure enough are taking a long time. And they sure enough are not giving like a lot of resources and money allocation to grow those programs. Like I think the teachers really have to fight tooth and nail to get them inside of the schools. <sighs> yes, America, the world we live in. <laughs> Don't get me started on the farce of capitalism. Yeah. The experiment is complicated because there's certain parts of socialism that we need. I'm not a socialist, but I have nothing against the library or the police or the fire department. 
all of that is socialism. And if kids are hungry, like they need food, like what are we talking about? That's just my belief. So the complicated part of capitalism is that you need money to make money. And really, the hardest thing to do is climb social classes. Because if when you graduate high school or you graduate college, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was 19, I studied abroad in Italy and I had a bunch of friends. Honestly, I was studied abroad there because it was this cute boy that I wanted to be next to, but then he ended up not going. So then I was in Italy. Right. That's how I got there. But everything happens for a reason. Italy was life changing. So one of my friends that I made there Mm -hmm. in Italy, right. I'm like, I had my little money from my summer job and stuff that I collected and people gave me money, but I was really conservative with my money. My other friend, she was spending like a drug dealer, boy. She was buying (laughs) sandals and leather coats and all kind of stuff. And then she goes to Western Union and her dad wired her a couple thousand dollars. Like what? You know, we'd have cash app and stuff like that. You know, this is life before that. I was like, her dad wired her thousands of dollars. Like, I didn't have that life. So let's flip that to business, right? That's the difference between the seasoned diaspora where a lot of us, our our families, we just started going to college. It is what it is on that. And then, a person like that who could ask dad for a couple thousand dollars in seed money. 99% of businesses in the United States are small businesses. 99%. But representative of, you know, us, the seasoned diaspora people of color, we do not proportionately represent small businesses uh related to our size and the population so we're around 13 percent. we do not have 13 percent of small businesses we should and no shade but beyond like cutting hair and doing hair and making shirts and all that kind of stuff like we need people yeah. in financial services there's, we need people selling so insurance. Many opportunities in it for like those, to grow the money stuff. and in in not <laughs> i'm trying to say the word educate uh, educate others in different um spaces and businesses you know you guys the audience members <laughs> so definitely be on the lookout and i would say explore the different opportunities like in finances in it even i'd say art we are really creative though as a culture but we also need to be able to leverage that creativity in a way that doesn't require our hands to be active for us to make money yeah yeah you'll be working the rest honestly you really want to do that in anything because that's how you make money if you have to exchange your time for currency yes if you're not writing the music i love art don't get me wrong like i told you i was a music major undergrad but it's a treacherous field it really is and so many people 
especially if the older generations have had so many hits and shout out to TLC ain't got no money there's a list shout out to Tony Braxton there's nothing wrong with music music is amazing it's wonderful it's beautiful it changes people's hearts minds and spirits but in terms of money I try to secure my bag elsewhere the people who really got money they're moguls Rihanna shout out to Rihanna shout out to Jay-Z and Beyonce they don't just do music they do music and they got other stuff you have to diversify but that's in anything forget that regardless of what you pick to do here's the thing I think that people kind of get lost on too because we are socialized to graduate high school and get that one job but you don't have to do that you got to have multiple streams of income because literally anything can happen in your job that you cannot control and you cannot have everything in your whole existence because i know for instance like you can have your job job. and then they will say you're starting a side hustle you dedicate five hours a week to starting it but then you end up getting more and more how how would you say someone should go about starting that um management system for multiple streams of income i look at roi all day return on investment so for example um i'm a person who has a training and consulting Mm. business i also have a podcast right now i don't make a whole lot of money doing my podcast Mm-hmm. So do I use my time proportionally with the amount of money that I make from the activity. Another thing that yeah. I do, but this is just for love, is I make shirts. Like I design shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. Everybody's like, yo, you should get an Etsy store. Like that's something I hear every other day. And I'm like, I'm not doing that because the time that it takes me to make this stuff is not worth my time. Like I'm just doing it for that. Fun. That makes sense. I don't think I've ever. So I, have a I would real, implore anybody else if you're looking into a side like hustle, time make sure that the time you're spending and because I do get into a lot of things. And I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. Time. I'm just gonna do it. Um, definitely need to be more like deliverable and goal oriented when I get into things. Like, what am I going to get out of doing this, or what am I going to achieve out of doing this? Instead of just doing something because it makes me happier. Because I'm really in, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing something mm-hmm. because it makes you happy right like I probably was on the other end of the scale I probably didn't do enough things that made me happy right so you're just yes. a little bit of out of balance yeah Maybe it I, sounds I meant like more in the sense of adjustment like there. I'm doing there's things that make me happy with doing it you just but have to I'm not because you also make money thinking too. about both. the and oh, as Miss Robbie said if it money. don't make money I need to put that into the picture instead of not even I love me like I Robbie. think about it but I don't think about it in a way I'm making a plan <laughs> I'm like oh it would be nice to make money doing this but that's as far as it goes you know what that is part of my bail framework right inventory mm-hmm. but also part yeah. of being or doing an inventory assessing your strengths and weaknesses and your skills and what you like and what yes. you don't like it gives you the ability to be strategic and intentional. And that's where you'll make money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you need to do different things, right? You just got to find a way to make money doing it. <laughs> yes. 
the Urban Wait. League hires. They pay okay. people to do stuff. We're coming up on time. You know. I to respect your time. So, do there you have any closing advice that you would want to leave the village with? <laughs> Shout and out it doesn't to the practically have to relate to careers. Um, it can if you want it to, but whatever's on your heart to share with the people. Hmm. Well, a couple of things. If you are not sure what you want to do in your path, I know this might sound like it's unrelated, but it's not. I would encourage you to really get into mindfulness and understanding yourself, meditation, yoga, whatever that looks like. Because I promise you, the that more just made in tune the most you sense are with what's going world, on like, in yourself, that the easier it will be to make so choices much. that align with your purpose. That's my number one advice. It starts here. And I think that's the biggest mistake people make. They're looking for external validation and it doesn't come from out there. It comes from here. So make sure that you're aligned with yourself. That's the only way you're going to be aligned with your purpose. And if you need somebody to bounce ideas off of, I'm a coach. You can coach with me. I give free initial sessions. I told you my website, Alpha and Omega Consulting Inc.com or find another coach. But make sure you get someone that you can talk to and you feel comfortable with because that'll save you time. That's the purpose of getting a coach. I learned the hard way. That junk took me years. What's really crazy is so let us give you some cheat codes because there are a lot of talented yeah. coaches no, out there. I was who looking can definitely and I was gonna like type in there. I was like, oh, they're not there anymore. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for your time. Does anybody have any questions? Yes. I wasn't sure. Yeah, but thank you, audience members, for coming in. Okay. In. Well. Um. Yes, there's. We're gonna try to do a live again. Uh, well, I'm no, I'm not volunteering you if you want to come back. Of course, you're always welcome back, but I'm saying the podcast in general, (laughs) we're gonna try to do a live again, so you know, and I'll I'll try to get it out earlier so you can be more prepared. But yes, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a wonderful conversation. I would definitely love to have you back and be able to have audience questions because I know there's definitely some things that I probably didn't touch on or even, you know, think about. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. All right. You are super welcome. Um I just want to share with your audience that coming up in December will be season 2 of the Bail Yourself Out Happy Hour podcast. We'd love to oh check you goodness, out in oh the lounge goodness. where right. we oh, talk junk. Can you let them know where to find you if you want them to follow you happy on Instagram? Hours out. Or... You know what we do? Careers, business, all things black people but i'm not talking about will and jada because they get on my nerves but everything else yay thank you so much absolutely um, everyone so if you want to follow me like, i comment, am subscribe candace with leave, the K leave your questions the in the comments TikTok, of this video if you want to follow the past it is bail yourself time. out um yes thank shows. you all so much for tuning in Bye. okay now can we post for the thumbnail i remember to do it this time okay um, I'm gonna act like I had a mic. Oh, <laughs> one, two, three. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, thank you so much. This was great. <laughs> sure. Wait, let me move my mic. You're welcome, dear. <laughs> <laughs>